Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. The subject of the mind is not something I've ever delved into much. Um, I read The Battlefield of the Mind by, by Joyce Meyer. Every once in a while, you hear about the mind, you hear about something. But I, I believe most of what we hear about the mind comes from the secular world. And it might be true. You might have heard different things about, you know, think it and you'll become it. And sometimes it sounds a little new age. And uh, we're like, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, God will do it. But then you got to take a dip in the script, amen, in the scripture, and, and just peruse this afternoon as we do in Psalms. I know a lot of us just we walk amongst the lawns and the grasses of the region, and we meditate on Psalms on Sundays. But just cruise through Psalms and see how many times David said, I'll meditate on your word. I'll th-. We don't do a lot of meditating lately. You know, hey, what are you doing, Isaac? I'm just meditating on the word right now. I mean, you rarely hear it. It's kind of a joke. Yeah, I'm meditating on the word. Well, it's something that we've lost. The charismatic renewal, I believe, has been an incredible blessing to the church. I believe the church is emotional, which is good. The church is fun. The church isn't stoic. Amen? Amen? Amen. Is anybody with me? Everybody's just like, Romania. (laughs) Tortured Christians. Listen, it's okay. Come back, come back. Um, the mind. What are you thinking about right now? What are you thinking about right now? If we could put your mind right up on the screen, <laughs> what would it reveal? Your cat? Hamburgers? How much you love my new shoes? Thank you, thank you, thank you. How stressed out you are this week? I want you for the next three hours, as we know, for the next... 35 minutes, I want, you to, I want you to think, I want you to think about what I'm preaching about. I want you to think about the word. Amen? Turn to somebody and say, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. Love the Lord God with your heart. Someone help me out. Soul and your mind. I think we are now entering into a phase in our lives where we're about to love God with our minds like we never have. Amen? The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, this is one of my favorite verses, is that as you think, so are you. As you think, so are you. The problem is we teach and propagate a theology of get out of your head. Stop thinking about it. Why? Because typically our thinking is, is, is wrong. And so we say stop thinking about it. I would recommend today that you start thinking. Start thinking about God. Start thinking about his goodness. Stop feeling everything and start thinking. Your feelings are in one long game of follow the leader. Your mind is the battlefield, and your mind is in charge, and your emotions will follow. Your emotions will have no problem following your mind. It's now time to love God with our minds. Amen? All right, you ready? All right, here we go. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. 
God, we thank you for Ovi's family. Thank you for, Lord, Romanians and Ukrainians and Russians and, Lord, all over Europe and China and, Lord, North Korea where there's even, Lord, still communism and persecution. We have no idea what even persecuted Christians are experiencing around the world. But, God, we pray for them as the Bible says. Lord, we pray for them. We think of them. We stand with them. God, help this church, Lord, wherever you have called us to with world missions. Let us play our part. Lord, we want to sow seeds. And, God, I pray for that team next year that comes out of this church. Lord, put that team together. I believe it's going to be a life-changing, best thing we've ever been a part of type moment, Lord, in our lives and in this church. Lord, we believe that we are part of something. But Lord, we are on mission right now. We don't need to wait for a missions trip, Lord, to be on mission. Lord, this Easter is the time to lift up the name that is above every name. Lord, to preach the gospel and to tell our testimony, to love on people, Lord, and make you big in this region. Lord, not next Easter, but this Easter. Lord, as we celebrate the resurrection and the life of Jesus Christ. God, we love you so much. Just let everybody in this place be encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Where's my entrepreneurs at? My entrepreneurs? Okay. Okay. Anybody um, have a lemonade stand where they were young? Where's my lemonade stand, people? Okay. Absolutely. Well, I I had a Kool-Aid stand. Um, I don't even know if Kool-Aid's legal now that I know it's in it. Um, I, I can't believe that, that, that it's legal. I'm not into regulations, but man, it's a lot of chemicals and a lot of sugar. Um, but I was the Kool-Aid dealer in my block. And, uh, you know, business is all about supply and demand. Amen? Like, you might have the best product in the world, but if you watch Shark Tank, you go in front of them and they just make fun of you because no one needs what you have. I remember this one guy, he had like a, like, a, like a mattress cleaner, and it was like, well, people don't need that. They just need clean sheets. I mean, it's a great idea, but if no one needs it. So I found out the niche market in, uh, in, in, on my block was, was Kool-Aid, and so I was selling the Kool-Aid. And um, my neighbor friend came over, and he wanted some Kool-Aid. And I, I don't remember. It must have been a dollar for a couple of Kool-Aid. I think I did Kool-Aid popsicles, too. Um, you know, I was, I was testing the market. And, um, and, and he's like, he, he, he had his dollar, but it wasn't a dollar. It was a silver dollar. And, and I was like, I, you know, again, I was, I don't know, 9, 10. And um, I knew that a silver dollar had more value than a dollar. And, and I, he said, he asked me if I would accept silver dollars. Well, I'm no dummy. Because I'm thinking, there's more value in that dollar than just a normal dollar. And I'm like, I'll take your currency. We, we take that here at Isaac's Kool-Aid stand. And, and I gave him a few extra because I, I felt like, you know, that was probably a, a good deal for him. So I got the silver dollar. I was pretty happy about those days' um, dealings. And uh, in a couple of hours, his mom came over and knocked on my door. And she was mad. And she was huffing and puffing. And, uh, man, she was accusing me of, you know, ripping the, her son off. And how could I accept? And, again, I'm on, like, nine, right? I'm like, you know, like, what? And he's like, well, he gave it to me. You know, I don't know. I didn't, like, and she, well, he, you know, he stole it from us. And he shouldn't have. And he came over here as a silver dollar. Do you know how much that silver dollar? And I really didn't. I really know how much it was worth. I was like, I don't know. I just selling Kool-Aid. And he, he gave me the silver dollar. And uh, I didn't bamboozle him. I didn't, I didn't steal it from him. I, it wasn't a con. It wasn't a sting. Well, well it, was, it was much like Jacob and Esau. We, 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 we teach and we preach Jacob as a big trickster, as a big con con man when really he didn't con Esau out of anything. Esau was just stupid. 
It was less of a trick and more of Esau being stupid. Now, Jacob's name means con man. I understand that. Jacob's name means trickster, and Jacob was a trickster. His mom was a trickster. He comes from a long family line of tricksters. He married into a family of tricksters. He made a deal with Laban for seven years of work. He would get Rachel, and on their honeymoon, Laban snuck in Leah, and he made uh, uh, Jacob work for another seven years to get Rachel. He had to work 14 years for two wives because of a little trickery. You don't just marry someone, you marry their family. There's a whole, a whole family of tricksters. We understand that. But the emphasis of this story was not the fact that Esau was bamboozled by Jacob. I mean, this was not the great con. This was not the great con of, of the Bible. Like, whoa, did you see what Jacob just did? He's just selling Kool-Aid. He was making a deal. That's all he was doing. If you came into church and you needed a pen, and I said, yeah, I got a pen, I got an activate pen, and I said, I want your Tesla. And you said, okay. And you hand me your Tesla for an activate pen. I didn't con you as much as you're just stupid. <laughs> now, before you think this is a side point of me preaching about stupidity this morning, no, this is the main point. Let's throw up the definition of stupidity and maybe we can make some sense of this. Slow of mind. So stupidity is not meant to be offensive. It's meant to explain the fact that when you are stupid, you are operating in the slowness of your mind. So your belly's telling you something, your emotions are telling you something, and you end up not thinking about what you're doing. Esau was not as tricked as as much as he was just slow of mind. And if Esau could have backed up off the situation and had to think about it and thought about it, he would understand that his belly was lying to him. His belly was saying, this is a good deal. His mind would have told him, no, Esau, this is a bad deal. A bowl of soup, a cup of Kool-Aid is not equal to a silver dollar. Your future, your faith, your attitude, your marriage, your joy, your hope, your life is not worth giving into a temporary moment or feeling. You need to step back. Your hunger is lying to you, and you need to think about what you're about to do. That's what the Bible's saying. And this is good news that you might not be up against seven legions of demons. You might not be up against 70 years of family dysfunctional curses. You might just be up against stupid. And a long line of stupid. Long heritage of stupid. That was stupid. This was stupid. That was stupid. We've all made stupid decisions. Why did we make them? Because our hunger was saying, this is a good deal. Yes, yes. Give up whatever you need to give up right now in order to be happy. Great deal. Buy the couch on the credit card. Yeah, sleep with that. Just, you just, yes. Great deal. But if you step back and think about it, Jacob wasn't really conning Esau Esau made a bad deal. And Hebrews, Hebrews tells us this, that Jacob was not as much slick willy here as much as Esau sold 
his birthright. Esau made the deal. Somehow his hunger told him, that's a good deal. Make the deal. That's a good deal. Even though if, he's, if his mind, if he would have thought about it, he would have stepped back and go, no, that's a bad deal. That's a bad deal. Now, I don't know about your parents, but my parents taught me it takes two to tango. The tango, I don't even know the tango dance, but I guess it takes two. It's not a solo dance. It's a, it's a two-person dance. Well, I, I, I always refuted that because of the siblings I had. Um, now, my brother would come and knock me off the, the chair sometimes. I'd just fall on the ground, and, and I'd be like, Mom, what happened? You know, and, and she'd kind of be like, well, I'll investigate here a little further. What, what did you do to him? How, what, what look did you give him? You know, I'm, I wasn't doing anything. I just was born. You know, I, I just was breathing. It's like, no, it takes two to tango. And I think what we like is the idea of it always takes two. It, uh, it, always, it always takes a group. Because if we can blame, if we can blame a group, then we tie the blessing to a group. And so what we like to do is we like to say, well, look it, they're both born, and Jacob was holding on to Esau's heel, and so they both are to blame for this situation. But the Bible comes in and clarifies and says, well, Jacob's got his own issues. He is a bit of a trickster, but on this specific case, Esau was stupid. Esau sold his birthright. Esau made a bad deal. He was slow of mind and fast of passion. He was fast of emotion. And his hunger lied to him and he gave up his future for a bowl of soup. Do not look at this situation as a bait and switch. Do not look at this situation as some great con. This was on him. And the burden of blame goes right to Esau. But see, if we can get the blame on both of them, then we have to put the burden for the blessing on both of them. And what Christ teaches us is every once in a while, of course we believe in unity. Of course we believe in agreement. But God might want to do something in your life and through your life, even in your marriage. Divide and conquer. But if we're waiting to become a committee on our faith, on our perspective, on everything, then we have to get together on every issue in order to get anything done. But if my Bible tells me anything, Jesus said, I'll take one for the team. I don't need to get everybody on agreement in order to die for you. In fact, I'll die for you when you don't even deserve it. See, my Bible tells me of a story that every once in a while, life is not a team sport. You don't need to blame everybody and you don't need everybody to get blessed. All you got to do is look to Jesus because sin came through one man and salvation and grace came through one man and you might be the one in your marriage that God puts some faith, that God puts some hope and he gets it in you and through you. Someone give God a big amen and a big shout and say, God, I'll be your man. I'll be your woman. I'll be the one. But we love this idea of team we love this idea of committee. Ever work for a boss or, or, or any sort of team or any sort of sport where something happens and the coach or the boss makes the whole team do it? It used to be my pet peeve. Right, there's 10 of us and we left one tool and it's like, well, all for one, one for all, let's all go. And it's like, that's stupid. Just one person take it for the team. Jesus was the one man that said, I got it. I'll take it 
for the team. But if you're going to live your whole life saying, well, you know, Jacob and Esau both had something to do with this. I mean, Jacob shouldn't have, you know, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have, you know, he shouldn't have even asked to make that. And the Bible's like, no, no, Esau should not have been slow of mind. I don't like that. I like a little bit of blame to go around for my life. I like a little bit of excuses, a little bit of blame, a little bit of here, a little bit of parents, a little bit of church, a little bit of God, a little bit of, a little bit of this, a little bit of the Pacific Northwest, a little bit of the rain, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, just a little bit to spread around everywhere. And I love Christianity because it's like, nope, nope, it only took one man. So fine, abuse got through your dad into your family, anger got through your mom into your family, laziness, apathy, attitude, gossip, Whatever it is got through your uncle, your dad, your great-granddad. Well, Christ ought to be an example of what he can get in and through you into your marriage, into your family, into your workplace. All he needs is someone. All he needs is one man and one woman. He might want to get some faith into your heart. He might want to get a budget through him. He might want to get something else through her. And as a family, as a couple, different things are going on then there can be agreement, then you can pull them into what God has established in your heart. I'm tired of waiting for everybody to be on the same page. There's some good news when we look to Jesus. He says salvation and grace came through me, and I can do the same thing through you. But what do we do? We spend our whole time trying to get our workplace on the same page. So we send this message to everybody. Here, you need to listen to this. You need, maybe you just need to listen to this Get a hold of it and let God do what he wants to do in you. And you will establish it. You'll be a living sermon. Because so much of life is caught. Let them catch it from you. Let them catch it from you. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says there's a simplicity in the gospel. There's a simplicity in the gospel. There's a simplicity. But see, if everything is complex, then I don't have to do anything about it. See, if you're just up against stupid, you can do something about it. But if you're up against generational curses, if you're up against chemical imbalances, if you're up against baggage, luggage, and sin that would scare the worst of sinners, if you've got a mouth and a mind and emotions all over the map, if you're up against everything, it's so complex, your life is this big dysfunctional stew, then yeah, what are you supposed to do and where do you start? But if the word of God comes in that divide soul and spirit and says it's time for you to stop selling what I've given you, it's time for you you to stop making bad deals. It's time for you to stop giving up everything that I've given to you. You are letting your emotions make the deals for you, and you're giving up silver dollars for Kool-Aid, and it's time to cool it. What I give to you is to be sown, and you ought to reap what I do in your life. It's time to think about it. Someone say, think about it. It's time to think about it. It's time to love me with your mind. 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 I love this in Ephesians 6, verse 12. It talks about the whole armor of God. In verse 11, it talks about the wiles of the enemy. It's not that the, it's not that the enemy isn't a, got a little bit of wily e. coyote in him. 
okay? Some of you about to be set free. It's not that he isn't the deceiver of the brethren. It isn't that he isn't, he, he, it's not that what, uh, he is, you know, not that he isn't an angel of light. It, we, we got that. But, but, but we're making Satan like the slickest willy of all times. Like he's just this great bamboozler. Good luck, church. He's slick. He's like, oh, and you're like, oh, yes, silver dollars. And we are making Satan like the ultimate bamboozle, sting, con man of all time. Yeah, he's got some cons. Yeah, he's got some bad deals. Yeah, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. But my, my, my Bible gives me a way out that I can have hope, and the battle has already been won. There isn't some sort of, well, I hope I win. No, the Bible is saying, think about it. Love me with your mind. Quit battling in the emotional realm. Your emotions will follow the leader. I want you to love me with your mind, your heart, soul, and mind. See, your mind is last to the game. Your emotions are first to the situation. And so God's trying to help us get your mind. I know it's slow. I know it's slow. But we got to speed up our thinking. We got to speed up our mind. We got to speed up what's going on in here. And God said, I want to put my word in your mind mind. As you think, so you become. As you think, so you become. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, 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 stand. Church, we're going to stand today. We're not going to walk in fear. We're not going to walk in insecurity. We're not going to walk. We're not going to walk in a trepidation. We're going to walk. We're going to stand. We're going to stand on the word of God. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Someone say truth. 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 I love it. I need truth. God, give me truth. Give me truth in my mind. Give me truth in my heart. Give me truth in my soul. Give me truth. I need truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Not my righteousness, but his righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say that. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, say that. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus by faith. Not by earning it, but by faith. Do you know all that God wants is your faith? That's all he wants. He says, will somebody believe? Will somebody believe my word in their heart, in their soul, and in their mind? For the longest time, God has awoken the church emotionally. God's awoken our will. He's awoken our heart. But I'm telling you, we left our mind somewhere back there. But no longer, because we've been losing the battlefield of the mind. But now I will begin to love him with my mind. Truth righteousness and put on the preparation of the gospel of peace everywhere you go is for the gospel put on the gospel of peace put on what he's done for you put on the cross put on the power of god of salvation is in the gospel the gospel the gospel the gospel and above all i love this above all take the shield of faith Take the shield of faith. Faith is so powerful, it'll quench all the fiery darts. He doesn't have a sneaky dart. Okay? When you get your faith and he does a sneaker arrow. Oh, got me. He's not that sneaky. We're just 
a tad bit stupid, but no longer. We've overdone the sneakiness and not really highlighted the fact that we've been slow of mind on the situation. Paul is giving us the recipe. He's saying all of this is defensive. Most of the armor was defensive. Why? Because God wants you to think about it. He says, I've got you. You're protected. I've got you surrounded. I've got your feet covered. I've given you the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, and last but not least, the helmet on your mind of salvation. Somebody saved, said amen. I'm saved. I'm not questioning it. I'm saved. The the, the helmet in my mind of salvation, how much he loves me, the price that he paid. His life wasn't taken. He said he gave me his life. That's how much he loves me. My thoughts every day ought to be about how much I'm saved, how much he loves me, how valuable I am. That's what I'm thinking about. My salvation is in my mind all the time. Someone saved, shouted amen. Come on. Come on, help me preach this this morning. Salvation, 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 salvation. And and the only offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's not the opposite. All of your weapons aren't offensive. Why? Because the battle's been won, baby. You're protected. You're protected. He's not that sneaky. But a church that doesn't think talks a big devil because you're an Esau, because I'm an Esau. Sold my birthright from soup the other day. (laughs) Satan is so crafty. (laughs) Time out. I just, you know, I just left my job because I couldn't handle it. I just felt God speaking to me. Do you have another job? No, but I'm standing in faith. No, it's stupid. Those stinking credit card companies, man, they 20%, 28% interest, stupid. They pay $10,000 for a $1,000 couch because we're just stupid. And we blame the enemy for sending the credit card envelope to our mail. And it just looks so pretty. They said 0% interest for three days. <laughs> they hike it up to 99%, but I thought I could pay it off on day three. Only took Jesus three days to get, yet. Yeah, stop. <laughs> the devil's not that sneaky, church. I'm sick and tired of preaching a big old sneaky, crafty devil. No, no, I'm just slow of mind. I'm just a little bit stupid, but no longer. No longer. I'm done making bad deals. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You're done. You're done having decisions made by your hunger. No, no, I'm done blaming. I'm done, I'm done blaming Jacob. No, no, I'm done. I'm done selling. My, the Bible is clear that you are the one selling. You are the one making the bad deal. You are giving up your happiness in a day for one thought. Stop making that deal. One thing can trigger you. Stop making that deal. But if you think about it, if you think about it, if you think about it, God's word comes into that situation. Thank you, Jesus. Not everything is a generational curse, a demon, a chemical imbalance. Sometimes it's just stupid. But if we explain everything away as so complicated, that's what the enemy wants us to think. Oh, gosh, I don't know, honey. I don't know where to start. 
just that's not your mind anytime you go oh work ah coronavirus ah Zika oh ISIS oh that means you're feeling something doesn't mean something's not going on it just means that's what you're feeling so you got to remove yourself. you got to remove yourself. This is not your counselor. Okay? This is not your counselor. This, this is your counselor. So you remove yourself and you go, okay, hold on, it's not complicated. It doesn't mean it's easy. It's just simple. It's just simple. There's a simplicity in Christ. It's simple. It's simple. But, but if culture can tell us that women are impossible to love, you are complicated creatures. Oh, Get together with the men, women, I don't know, bro. I have no idea. They're just crazy. So then I can't love you. That's exactly what the enemy wants because I got no idea. I'm just going to throw some love like a grenade over there. Hope it lands. I don't know. You guys are complicated creatures. They're not complicated. Let me make it simple. They simply want to change their minds and have you support them. That's it. My wife simply wants to change the color in the room if she wants to all the time and have me support her. And guess what? I've learned to stop fixing her and start feeling her all the time. I'm in. I'm in. Why? Because she's my lady. She's not my bro. She's not my hoe. She's my lady. She's my gift. She's my predestined, preordained life partner. She's my gift. And the devil is a liar. I can love her. I will love her. I will support her. I will listen to her. I can. I can. They're not complicated. I'm just running by my emotions. But now when I think about it, I love her. When I think about it, she's a gift. When I think about her, she's the reason that God made a girl. She's my lady. Think about it. She's my flower. She's my, she's my lady. But when I want to kill her, it's only because I'm not thinking. And the enemy's got me. Oh, women! Then he gets the right movie. And this is where he is sneaky. I'll watch a movie that's like, I know, good luck, man. They are crazy creatures. Just buy them flowers, hope, and throw some chocolates that way, and just pray to God. No. 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 The devil is a liar. He's not that good of a liar. I'm just dumb. Fight with her right now, Isaac, and fight for your right to be right. And I'm like, yes! Bowls of soup for birthrights. Yes. I'm done. We have a great marriage. But a couple of nights, a couple of date nights, I had to put my right up, fight for those boundaries. And I give up peace in our home. And I, I give up birthright blessings. And I, I give up stuff for bowls of soup because I've been stupid. Because I'm listening to my hunger. Oh, my hunger. <laughs> Step back and go have a think about it. 
get out of the room without burning the house down, slamming the door, and saying, bleep you. I guarantee you, you get outside amongst the pines. Oh my, I am wrong. I shouldn't leave the job. We don't need the couch. I do love my family. I love the church. God is moving. Think about it. Think about it. Jacob got a good deal. Someone is profiting on our stupidity. Someone's profiting on our stupidity. Starbucks profited on mine in my early 20s. <laughs> Two caramel macchiatos a day. Because I needed it. <laughs> Two caramel macchiatos and a lemon loaf or whatever. Could have owned a brand new car outright. <laughs> Could have started saving 10 years ago and owned half my house. But all of the things that I needed that told me my hunger was right. But the moment you just pull back and say, God, I'm giving you five minutes, he goes, that's all I need. That's all I need. But you're making lifelong decisions that you think are complicated. They're just the repercussions of bad decisions. And if I stop making bad decisions and I start thinking about it, as I think, so I become. As I think, I'm going to love you with my mind. I'm going to love you with my mind. I'm going to stop thinking about how dirty the house is, how sinful I am, how broken my life is. As I think, so I become, so I perpetuate a pathology of dysfunction that goes on from generation to generation. How do we stop it? We stop with thinking. I'm going to stop thinking as my dad, as my uncle, as my grandpa. i got to stop with the thinking because so as I think, I become thinking leads me in the way that I'm going. And so God says, if I can get into your mind, if I can get a God thought into your thinking, your thinking will cause you to become. So I want you to stop thinking about the brokenness. And as Buddhist or New Age as this sounds, I want you to start thinking about being healthy. I want you to start thinking about how much you love her. I want you to think about being blessed. I want you to think about ordering the house. I want you to think about parenting your kids. I want you to think. I want you to think. The enemy does not want you to think. The enemy wants you to think that he's got 20,000 demons controlling your student. He wants you to think the education system is broken. He wants you to think it's impossible for what you're up against. It's, so, it's 50 million layers deep. It's the biggest onion anyone has ever seen. Good luck. And so you look at it and you go, well, I don't even know where to start. Yes, you do. That is a lie. That's not true. Think about it. Think about his grace. Think about his love. Think about his goodness. 
Someone else has been profiting on my lack of thinking, and today it ends. Today it ends. I'm tired of my flesh profiting. I'm tired of sin profiting. I'm tired of anger profiting. I'm tired of debt collectors profiting. I'm tired of Starbucks profiting. <laughs> I got enough money. I'm, I'm tired. I got to think about this. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to think I'm going to think about this. I love this in Philippians 4. Isn't this good? I've just been thinking. We stop thinking as a church. We stop thinking as a church. And we feel everything. I'm so glad that our feelers are awakened in church. I'm glad that church is fun. I'm glad that church is emotional. I just, we left our minds somewhere back there. We lost our minds. But we're getting our minds back. And we're going to start winning battles. Because that's where the battlefield is. That's where God can put his mind and his thoughts and his words. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Don't just think about it. Take your thoughts and give them to God. Okay? And the peace of God. Someone say peace. peace. It's awesome. Oh, the peace that surpasses all understanding. I love it. It means you don't need to understand it. If you'll just take your thoughts and give them to God, you're giving the peace of God a chance to surpass what you feel in that situation, what you think about. There's no hope, God. I'll never get a job. We'll never buy a house. We'll never get out of debt. I'll never get through to my kids. There is a peace that passeth all of the lack of understanding you have, and it, and it comes into your life, and it guards it sets up a guard so that no other thought or no other lie. This is the power of prayer. It's the peace. Prayer gives peace a chance. Give peace a chance. Prayer gives peace a chance. Someone say peace. I need the peace. Oh, but that's just the beginning. This is where some of us stop. God help me. And then all of a sudden peace comes. Every time peace comes. God, just help me. I'm overwhelmed. Peace. Whew. But we stop there. But no longer. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So we go from God, here's my thoughts, here's my request. Peace. Whew. Peace like a river. And then Philippians is saying, okay, at that moment, though, now that the peace has pushed restart on your mind, at this moment, start thinking. Get your thinker going. Not about the garbage bill, not about the IRS, not about, no, not about the, not, no, no, not about last Christmas, no. Think about anything virtuous, praiseworthy, good, good. Think about good. Think about health. Think about blessing. Think about love. Think about your, think about me. Think about it. 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 You're not supposed to stop just when the peace shows up. You're supposed, the peace takes care of the enemy. Now you need to take opportunity and go take back what the enemy stole by thinking about God thinking about his word someone say think about it help me preach this think about it I'm gonna think about it I'm gonna love him with my mind 
But think about it. Meditate on these things. The things which you learned, thinking helps you learn. If you have a problem learning, you need to think about the goodness of God. Someone's about to be set free in this place. And you're going to be thinking, is it this good? Yes, you have actually never brought your mind to your Christianity, but it's about to change in this place. Your emotions are about to follow the leader for once in your life and the unshakable, unshakable, same yesterday, today, and forever God who established the world is about to establish your life by his word. Come on, church. Whatever things you meditate, the things which you learned and received and saw in me, these do. So thinking helps you learn, receive, hear, see, and do. Thinking helps you learn, receive, hear, see, and do. And God says, after you begin to think, you begin to receive, you begin to learn, you begin to see, I begin to give you vision. And at that moment, not only the peace of God shows up, but the God of the peace shows up in your situation. I don't think you heard me. You've seen the peace, but have you seen the God of the peace? He's waiting on you. He's saying, start to think. Start to think. Start to think. Start to think. Start to think all of a sudden as you think, as you think so you are. As you think you start to you start to you start to learn. If you're thinking right now, if you're thinking right now about anything praiseworthy, anything virtuous, anything godly, anything from his word, the Bible declares that you will start to learn right here, right now. Supernatural learning is going to take place. And you will receive. You're about to receive right now. Why? Because your mind is on God. This is how powerful God's word. It hasn't been able to invade our lives like it has at this dimension when he begins to take not only our heart, our soul, but our mind. And God says, you're going to begin to learn, you're going to begin to see, and you're going to begin to do, and at this moment, the God of the peace begins to show up because you've given place in your life, and it all started with thinking. God says, I need you to begin to think. I need you to begin to love me with your mind. Begin to love him with your mind, church, right now. Begin to love him with your mind. Begin to set your mind on heavenly things. I declare in this place that we are thinking about the word of God. We are thinking about our salvation. We are thinking about the goodness of God. Church, think with me. Think about your wife. Think about your kids. Think about your testimony. Right now, begin to think about the provision. Begin to think about health. Begin to think about healing. Begin to think about how much he loves you. You are about to be bombarded by the thoughts of God. Your learning, receiving, seeing, and doing is about to go through the roof because as a man thinks so is he as you think so you become as you think so are you in this place hold on hold on hold on as you think as you think as you think we need the double oh we got the drum okay 
You want to really do this? Let's really do this. Stand with me. God wants to show you the power of the mind he gave you. As I gave you this mind, but you've been making bad deals because you think you had to, because you think your dad had to. I'm done profit. God says you are about to profit from your effort. You're about to profit from your prayer. You're about to be blessed because of what God does in your life like you've never been blessed before. Begin to think. As you think, so you become. As you think, so you become. As you think, you give God an opportunity to begin to put his word into your life. And we're going to do it right now. We're going to do it right now. And the team is going is to slow cook this song a little bit. Just giving you a minute. Just giving you a minute. Begin to think about it right now. Begin to think about it. Begin to think about the call of God on your life. Begin to think about the blessing of God on your life. Right now. From this side to that side, from the front to the back, begin to think about the sovereignty of God. Begin to think about the bigness of God. Begin to think about his word. Begin to think about his provision. Begin to think about his majesty. Begin to think about heaven. Begin to think about provision. Begin to think about his blessing. He is about to override your life as you think, so are you. Think about it. Think about it. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's provided for you. He's a way maker. He's a sustainer.